Thank you so much for being here. It is awesome uh, to be here on Youth Sunday. This is the second time we've done this this year, and the youth just are doing an awesome job, aren't they? Can we give them a hand one more? Yeah, man, you guys sounded amazing, and just leading us in worship, and McKenna and Abby with announcements. We got some kids on the welcome team, and also some kids behind the scenes downstairs uh, are helping out in the children's ministry. So, man, these kids are here to serve the Lord. What an awesome thing today. My name is Dylan Ferguson. If you don't know me, I'm the youth director here. Uh, me and my family have been here for almost five years now. Uh, and I'm excited to be here to share God's word with you. That, uh, and over the past couple weeks, we've been talking about God's character and what that has to do with our relationships. Where, where do we see God's character in our relationships? How do we respond to God's character uh, with the way that we interact with people, our spouses, our friends, our kids, our parents? Whatever relationship we have, God's character is involved in it. Uh, and more specifically, today we're going to talk about how God pursues us. And in our response to his pursuit of us, we are called to pursue him and to pursue others. Uh, that, that's what we're going to look at today. And we're talking about relationships. And well, I, I'm excited to see my grandparents here, Patty and Floyd. They're here. They're, they're one of the biggest examples of godly relationship that I've seen in my life. So I'm happy that they're here. And then I met my wife, Catherine, in 2008. And we were serving at a Young Life camp over in Central Oregon called Washington Family Ranch. Uh, we, we were serving there for a whole month, and we were serving over 700 uh, campers each week uh, for, for the entire month. And, and that's where I met her. I was a junior in high school uh, when I met her, and we were there. I have an embarrassing story of how I kind of met her. Uh, we were there for a couple days already, and I had not met her yet. And we were playing volleyball, like, out in the field on one of our breaks. And I saw her, and I was like... I'm scared to go talk to that girl. She's so pretty. She's so beautiful. I was, like, I was like, I can't go talk to her, but I did. And I went and said, you know, I was like, hi, my name's Dylan. We introduced ourselves. And uh, I asked her, I said, so what grade are you in? She said, I'm going to be a freshman. And I, I thought for a second, I was like, they don't let freshmen do work crew. They, they just don't. They, they usually, it's for upperclassmen. And I was a junior. I was, like, I was like, why did they let her do work crew? So I asked her, I said, so they let you do work crew even though you're a freshman? And then she kind of like put her head down. She's like, I'm going to be a freshman in college. <laughs> and I got red, like redder than I usually am, which I'm always red. And I, I sat there and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Now, and then all my chances were out the door at that point. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking that. But we got married in 2011. I think we have a picture here up on the screen. That was young Dylan and Catherine right after we... Uh, got married, coming down uh, the aisle, and we're so happy. Uh, it was a great day. Uh, and, and yeah, that's kind of my embarrassing stories of uh, us meeting and, and how that came about. Uh, and you know, one of the things that I will carry all my life from that month that we spent together uh, was one that just, it was, it was a great time growing close to the Lord together uh, and, and serving him together. Uh, and and uh, I remember driving home with one of the adult leaders that was, uh, that was leading us there. And it was just me and him. He was giving me a ride home. And I had known that I started developing feelings for Catherine over that month. And I kind of knew that it was mutual. I was confident that it was. Or at least I hoped it was. 
And we were driving, and I said to him, I said, what, what do I do here? Like, I, I, I honestly don't know what to do. I had only been walking with the Lord for, like, strongly for about a year at that point. So I asked him, I said, you're a Christian man who leads in a relationship, like you're married. I said, what do I do? How do I go about this? Do I pursue her? Do I, do I like, call her when I get home or whatever? He's like, Dylan, let me give you one piece of advice. And this is what I'll carry with me. He said, Dylan, I want you to imagine that you're in a race towards God, that you are just, that is your mission, is you are pursuing after God. And I don't know if he got this from a book or read it somewhere or, or what, but he said, run after God. And he said, there's going to be other people in that race around you. And he said, if you look to your side and you see someone doing that next to you, grab their hand and race after God together. And I thought that was the greatest advice, is that just to keep focused on God. Because we didn't go there, you know, intending to find a significant other or anything. All we did was go there to to serve the Lord. And we did it together. And we loved doing it uh, together. And and we continued to. uh, And we dreamed about doing youth ministry one day. And and I'm glad I took this guy's advice uh, because we got married. And we've been married for six years. And we have an awesome little family uh, that's Britta and Bo. Britta is three years old, and Bo just turned one uh, in September. So uh, we're, we're happy uh, to be here at Willamette Community Church and just what God has been doing in, in the youth ministry. These kids are they're awesome, and they've changed our hearts as well. So we're going to open up our Bibles to Luke 15. That's page 874 in those Bibles in front of you if you're using those. We're going to look at a story of how God pursues us. And it's actually a parable. It's a parable that Jesus says uh, to the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees have just kind of called Jesus out and said, Hey, why are you hanging out with sinners? What are you doing with them? We know the Pharisees, they have closed hearts. They think that they're righteous and before God and that these other people don't deserve him. So, so they're saying, what, What's up, Jesus? Why are you hanging out with sinners? He tells them three parables in Luke 15, and this is the first one he says. This is the first one he tells. Starting in uh, verse 4 through, through verse 6, it says this. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And we just sang a song about this, reckless love, that, that God lead, that he leaves the 99 and he pursues after his lost sheep. What a beautiful picture that is of of who God is and and what he does for us. And Jesus is trying to tell the Pharisees, like, these people matter. You know, if they're my sheep, I'm going to go after them. If they're lost, I'm going to pursue after them. And that's what I get from this parable the most is that God relentlessly pursues us. He relentlessly pursues us. He recklessly pursues us. He gives it all. For his sheep. And this is a part of the character of God that he would pursue after us uh, and that we would respond to that. 
Because in, in Isaiah, it talks about how, how we all like sheep have gone astray. We've heard that before. And we've all been in that place where we feel like lost sheep. We feel like we've drifted away. But whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, God is pursuing after us. He's chasing after us. And it's not just some sort of random thing that he does. He doesn't just like have fun chasing after sheep. Like he doesn't just get a throw out of it. He does it as an act of his love. His pursuit of us is an act of his love. And, and that's what I love about God is he, he, he's doing an act. He, he has a purpose. He has a reason for everything he does. And in Psalm 23, we know this, uh, this psalm, we even studied it just uh, last month, I think. Uh, in, it, in, in the end of the psalm, in verse 6, it says, His goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right? We know that, that God, God's love, his mercy, his goodness, they follow us. And it's everlasting, it's redeeming, uh, and it does so many things. It's, it's steadfast. God talks about this love that he has for us all throughout scripture. And, and, it's, and he says, David says, it follows me. And I looked at that, that verse, and I was just kind of, pondering and I'm like okay he follows me does that mean God is like because when I hear the word follow I kind of think is passively following something and I looked into the word a little more and it's actually saying like it pursues us his goodness and love pursue us it goes after us just like in the parable uh, until he has found us so it's not a keeping he's not keeping his distance from us and kind of keeping an eye on us no he is relentlessly pursuing us Every single day. Uh, and, and like most things with God and in his kingdom, uh, his pursuit of us, it demands a response. Uh, whether we like it or not, God, we, we need to respond to God. Whether that means pushing him away or finding another hiding place or running further away from him uh, or embracing him, it demands a response. And in this case, I believe that God's calling for us is that we would respond by pursuing him and pursuing others in our lives. I mean, that's, that's the goal. That's the race. We're racing after God. And in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 26, I'm going to read it up here on the screen if you want to follow along. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do not, or they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. If we're talking about racing after God, we don't do it aimlessly. We don't do it randomly. Just like God's pursuit of us has a purpose and a reason, he wants us to pursue him with a purpose. That he would be the one, that we would have our eyes on the prize. And, and most of my youth, uh, growing up mostly probably in middle school, uh, I, I responded to that in so many different ways. I, I rejected God. I said, I don't really want much to be a part of his kingdom. I, I kind of knew he was there, but I, I just kept running away, and I was, one of, I was a lost sheep. I was, I was drifting further and further away from him. 
Uh, But then one day I decided to change my response to him and it changed my life forever. I decided I'm going to start pursuing after him. Uh, And then later came pursuing after others. But I, I had realized that he had this pursuit for me. He had this love for me. And I had to respond to it. And I had to respond to it differently than I was. So now, you know, I just, I just sit back and I've won the race. So I just kind of sit back and do nothing. No, no, no. That is not what I do. That is not what we should do as believers. Uh, we are called to respond to God's pursuit of us, his love for us, every single day. It's something that we all struggle with. We all go back and forth on. Uh, and, and we have to respond to it every single moment, every single day. And, you know, some days I feel like I'm running this race and I'm winning. I feel like, man, I am pursuing after God uh, and things are going great. Uh, but then we know there's other days, man, I feel like I'm in last place. I feel like I'm off the racetrack that I, that I no longer have my eye, eyes on the prize. And through the ups and downs of racing this race, I've discovered that our relationships struggle when we neglect our pursuit of God. That, I've just learned that from experience, that when I stop pursuing God, when I stop going after him, I see my relationships start to hurt. My relationships with my friends and my wife and my kids and, and my coworkers, everyone around me, when I'm not pursuing after God, I feel a struggle in my relationship. And you husbands, you know, you've probably had your good days and your bad days at pursuing God and pursuing your wives. Uh, and, and wives, you've probably had your good days and your bad days at pursuing God and your husbands. I know you have more good days than us husbands, um, but we still all have our hard days where we lose focus. But isn't it great to, to think about two people pursuing after God together and just enjoying it, just loving it, just loving pursuing after him together? And that's, that's when our relationships feel great, is when we're going after him. Uh, and, and then we have the days where we lose focus, and I have those days all the time where I, I, I'm running the race, I'm running the race, I get distracted, I get, uh, I'm not focused anymore. And then I look over, and it's like I've let go of Catherine's hand. It's like I've let go of my friend's hands. I've, I've become lost. I've become that lost sheep again. And, and whether I like it or not, like I said, God's going to keep pursuing after me, even when I've, even when I've made myself uh, go away and go off of this path that He wants me to be on. And I, I, I read this uh, story in in First Kings about Solomon, King Solomon, uh, the the Israelites. God tells them early on, hey, I don't want you mingling with these foreign people. I don't want you getting married to them because they're going to turn your hearts away from me. Uh, so I, I read that. And then in First Kings, it talks about Solomon and how he has 700 wives, many of them being these foreign people that God was like, no, don't marry them. And he's like, no, I'm going to do it anyways. And then eventually Solomon's heart, just like God said, starts turning away from God. And he starts worshiping other idols and other things. And the hard part about this is the reason our relationships start to struggle is because when we get lost, when we go off the path, 
man, we're going to start, we're going to bring people down with us. We're going to bring our friends and our family down with us if we're going the opposite directions. And why, what, a, what an awful thing to think about that we would turn other people's hearts away from God. And when I think about broken relationships, the, the first the word that comes to my mind is sin. Sin equals broken relationships. That's really, if we, if we look at it, that's what sin is. If I could think and define what sin is, I'm like, man, a lot of it's just broken relationships. Adam and Eve in the garden, man, things were great between them. Uh, their relationship with God was great. Their relationship with each other was awesome. But then they sin and, and they, uh, they eat from the tree. And it's like, man, the, the, the relationship between them and God is like severed. There's a separation that takes place because of sin. And we know that God hates sin. He, he wants nothing to do with it. He despises sin. So what do you think God thinks when he looks down and he sees us fighting? And he sees us arguing about silly things and and you know, divorce, all these things, man, he must hate to see these broken relationships that are a result of sin. He wants his children to, to get along. He wants his children to respond to him by pursuing him and pursuing others. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's one of the things that probably hurts me the most, too, when I see it, when I see broken relationships. That, that just gets to my heart, especially with these youth kids. I'm like, they tell me stories like, oh, this person's doing this, and this person's doing that. And I'm like, who cares? Just, just pursue God together and pursue each other. Be friends. God doesn't want you guys to separate. God doesn't want you guys to not be friends anymore because you go to a different school or because you guys you know, are just not getting along on something or, or fighting about something. He wants you guys to pursue God together and to enjoy doing it together. I'm also close to some, someone who's chosen divorce uh, recently, and that breaks my heart. It hurts so bad to sit back and watch a relationship that lasted so long just fall apart. And I wish so much that I could go in and just be like, okay, I can fix this. I can fix this. I can, you know, turn you this way and turn you that way. And so do they. They probably, or sometimes in divorce, it's like, man, I want to fix things. But there's not much that we can do to fix things. All we can do is turn to God and pursue after him and turn other people to God. Grab their hands and bring them with you. Cyrus talked a couple weeks ago about forgiveness and how because we are forgiven by God, we should forgive. The forgiven forgive. Well, today I want you guys to know that the pursued pursue. That because God has pursued us, in response to God's pursuit for us, he has called us to pursue him and to pursue others and to pursue him together. In 1 John 4.19, it says we love because he first loved us. And if we know that this is an act of God's love for us, his pursuit of us is an act of his love, then we can plug that word right in there, pursuit. We pursue because he first pursued us. We first have to realize this pursuit that he's, he's had for us, this love that he's had for us. And then we can start pursuing him, start pursuing others, uh, and loving 
others. I'm sure there's like a hundred something books out there that you could get to try to fix your relationship, to try to, you know, there's probably a sermon series that you could go through to try to fix your relationships. And, and maybe they will start turning you towards God. And, and that's great. But I think it's just way simpler than we think. And, and I found this verse that I think could help all of our relationships, our marriages, our friendships. And it's 1 Chronicles 16, 11. You can write it down and look it up later. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek his presence continually. Keep pursuing after him. And I'm not saying go and do that on your own. Don't do that. That would be lonely and, and pretty hard to do on your own. But I'm saying to seek his presence continually together. That's, what, that's God's desire for us, is that we would do these things together. And, and sometimes the youth and people have asked me and Catherine, like, what, like what works with you guys? Like, how, uh, you know, how did you guys know that you were going to get married? How did, how did you know that, uh, you know, everything was going to work? And I was like, I didn't. I honestly didn't. I'll, all I did was take this guy Alex's advice, which really at the time sounded like pretty bad advice, because I'm like, that still doesn't help me on what I'm supposed to say or how I'm supposed to do it. Uh, I, he just told me to pursue after God. And I think that's where the connection came from uh, while we were there serving for a month, was that we were both pursuing after God uh, and, and we were doing it together. And we have friendships from that month that, that will last a lifetime. I mean, there, we had a friend just on, on the 4th of July from Texas come and visit us because, like, she missed us. And that, that was just a friend that we had from that month of serving the Lord together. And I think, too, maybe that in that time that, that we were there that month, it was just a year after I, like, had given my life to the Lord and, and changed my response to him. I was still kind of in the honeymoon stage of my relationship with God, and I was pretty fired up and pretty amazed that God would send his son to die for me, that he loved me so much that he was pursuing after me. And, and I think that's what we need to do. We need to keep being amazed at the gospel, be amazed by what he's done for us. Because God isn't just a God of all talk. I think that God's ultimate plan of pursuit is demonstrated through the gospel. That, that was his plan all along. He, he's not just all talk. He's not just going to say he pursues us. He's going to pursue us actively. That's a part of what love is, is action. And God demonstrates it through the gospel. Through sending his son. And this is, this is an act that, that's never been done before. And probably will never be done. That a creator would go be with creation. And then die for it. I can't think of anything else like that. A, a creator going to be with the creation. And to lay down his life for it. Wow, it's amazing. When I was in middle school, I used to listen to these bands because uh, my dad liked them. They were classic rock, which to some of you, it's probably not classic rock. It's probably just rock because uh, I'm still pretty young. But it was like Led Zeppelin and ACDC and all these bands like Def Leppard. I loved these bands. I loved listening to them. Like that's all I did was listen to those bands. I had the shirts that said their names on it. I was, I was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and I'm listening to these songs. And one song that stuck out to me uh, and one song that, that I really loved was Stairway to Heaven. 
Uh, and some of you guys have probably heard that song, Stairway to Heaven. And in a couple days, I would listen to it, and I would start thinking about what if there was a stairway to heaven? What if, what if there was a stairway to heaven? As a middle schooler, I was thinking, man, I've done so much to wrong people. I've done so much in my life that God is probably like, man, you can't make that climb. And I was thinking, could I, could I make that climb? If I wanted to go to heaven, if I wanted to be a part of God's kingdom, could, could I make that climb up that stairway if there was a stairway to heaven? And, and I kept saying, no, I probably couldn't. And even if I could get to the top, would they let me in? And, and I'm glad I thought about that. I'm glad I pondered that because now I've learned that if there was a stairway connecting heaven and earth, it wouldn't be called the stairway to heaven. It would be called the stairway to earth. I told the youth that last night. I said, if there was a stairway, it would be something that God had built to pursue us. He doesn't make us go. He doesn't make us do that climb. Uh, he sent his son down that stairway and he picks us up on his shoulders and rejoices when he's found his lost sheep. He comes after us. And Jesus at the cross, he pursued us. In the tomb, he pursued us. And he continues to pursue us every single day. And every single day, we, we need to respond. And his desire for us is that we would respond by pursuing him and pursuing others. And that would make him so happy. He hates to see our broken relationships. He hates sin. He wants us to pursue him and do it together and be excited about it. Now, as the worship team comes back up onto the stage, I just want to encourage you guys uh, with one more thought, and that is just to race after God. I want you to be encouraged to race after him. I, I don't want you to think of all the things that you could do to fix your relationships and all the things that you could say to fix your relationships. I'd like you to think about the things that God could do to fix your relationships, the things that God could do to say to you uh, to fix your relationships because he's the one that redeems. He's the one that brings healing. And he, he desires for us to grab each other's hands and to race after him and to race after him with your heart, your mind, and your actions. That's what he wants. It starts in our hearts and, and, and our, in our thoughts. And then he wants us, just like his pursuit of us, which is active, he wants us to actively pursue him and pursue others. God desires this. I'll finish with, with one thing. When, when my kids were just little tiny babies, uh, I, I, I kind of know that God desires this, not because I read it in the Bible, but because I've experienced it. I'm a father. I know what it's like to love my children. And it's not even close to the amount that God loves me because I'm broken and messed up and uh, I'll fail a hundred times. But I remember holding my kids in my hands when they were little tiny babies, little Britta and little Bo. And I looked at them and I said, I love you. I love you so much. And I can't wait for you to say, I love you too, Dad. I remember saying that. I love you. I love you so much. And I can't wait for you to say, I love you too, Dad. And, and that's what God does for us. He looks at us as his lost sheep. And he grabs hold of us. And he, 
And he looks at us and he says to you and you, everyone, he says, Dylan, I love you. I love you so much. And I can't wait for you to say, I love you too, dad. And he's going to ask us that every day. And we have to respond to that. Do we love him back? Do we pursue after him together? Let me pray. Lord, your, your love is reckless. It's, it's coming after us. And, and I'm blown away by what you've done in my life and what you're going to keep doing in my life. And I pray uh, that for these people in this room as well, that they would see how great you are, how you're not just a God that talks and says he's going to do things, that you back it up with action, that you sent your son for us, that you gave it all. You didn't have any other sons to give. You had one, and you sent him for us. You made the climb for us. So I just ask that... You, you would be in our hearts this week as we go uh, and we hear from you and, and we respond to your calling for us to pursue you and to pursue others. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. We love you back and we pray these things in your name.